and welcome to the next episode of the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. We're reading today from Galatians chapter 4 verses 21 to 31. First of all, a word of prayer. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. Come and make your word alive to us. Come and apply it to our hearts. Come and strengthen us that we might be changed, that we might live differently. To your praise and to your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Galatians chapter 4 and verse 21 to 31, let's read together. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Break forth and cry aloud, you who were never in labour, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Wow, what is happening here? These verses, I think, take us to the heart of Paul's argument. And Tim Keller, who I think it will already be apparent, I've been working with his commentary on these verses. Tim Keller uh, talks about four different types of people in the world. And I think this is so powerful and insightful. I want to share his four types with you. Type number one, law-obeying and law-relying. So these would be the Pharisees and their modern-day equivalents. Externally, they are confident. They're often very judgmental. But they're often also full of insecurity and self-doubt on the inside. What if, at the end of the day, all their formal religion and external law-keeping is for nothing? 
So this is the first type, law-obeying and law-relying. And these are those who want to be under the law as it's set out in verse 21. The second type is law-disobeying, law-relying. These would also fit in verse 21. Such people recognise that they fall short. They may actually still be in church, but likely they will be on the periphery. They're much more humble than those in type number one, but they're likely to be struggling with low spiritual self-esteem. They're trying to keep the law, but they're failing to do so, and they recognise it. That's type number two, law disobeying, law relying. Type number three, law disobeying, not law relying. Such people have rejected the claims God has on their lives. They might be very liberal in today's terms, but still, according to Keller, they will exude a sense of superiority. Keller says this, they are earning their salvation by feeling superior to others. It's just that this is usually a less obvious kind of self-righteousness. And this third type is more like the Galatians used to be. Gentiles who were far from God, not seeing any need of the gospel. So we've had law-obeying, law-relying, those who are a bit like the Pharisees, law-disobeying and law-relying, those who are perhaps within churches who are trying to do good but recognise they fall short. Those who are law-disobeying, not law-relying, those who are very liberal, they might think that they're far from God but they're not particularly bothered about it. And then the fourth type, law-obeying, not law-relying. And these are Christians who have been saved by the gospel and who live by the gospel. They recognise, as we've seen in the book of Galatians, that it's not by works but by the work of Christ on the cross, received by faith, that they are saved they recognise that the way in is the way on, that the way into the Christian life is the way on in the Christian life. And they continue to come to God daily for forgiveness. And they also recognise the importance of living by the Spirit. And here's the crucial point. This involves coming to the law, indeed to the whole of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, and seeking to live lives that are congruent with it. They do not do this to earn salvation, but because they want to live as gospel people in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we have these four types. With the law-obeying, but not law-relying type, the gospel life. And remember that he's writing to Christians in this letter, but Christians who are struggling to live out of type four. What about us? We need to recognise that God has done it all. We need to recognise it so deeply that it seeps into our hearts and minds and permeates all. 
We need to recognise that he has placed his spirit in our hearts to enable us to live. Only type four produces confidence in God on the one hand and humility on the other. Only type four works out of a heart of love. All the first three types are self-focused. It's what I'm doing. It's how I'm living. I'm keeping the law. I'm trying to keep the law. I don't really care about keeping the law, but I feel superior to others. All of those types are focused on themselves. Only the gospel type, type four, is focused on God, is living and moving in the power of the Spirit. Only this self-forgetfulness produces joy and exuberance and true love for God and love for others. It's so easy to be self-seeking. It's so easy to be brittle, looking for others' approval, feeling superior, feeling inferior, whatever it may be. But we are in Christ, and this changes everything. So we live by the gospel, and we go on by the gospel. We are saved by the gospel, and we follow Jesus by the gospel freely, lightly, in the power of the Holy Spirit, keeping our eyes fixed not on ourselves but on him and on those that God gives us to love. In this way of living, this gospel way of living, in this serving way of living, there is true freedom. May we be those who not only are saved by the gospel but also live by the gospel. We come to our God in prayer. Lord, it's so easy to slip into thinking in the way of one of the first three types or categories. Sometimes we can be full of pride as we feel that we're making progress in the Christian life and we rely on the law. God, forgive us. Sometimes we can have such low spiritual self-esteem because we're trying, trying, trying to be better and yet we recognise that we fail. May God forgive us. Sometimes we just sort of give up and live any old how and feel superior to other Christians who we regard as hypocrites. May God forgive us and may God, may you strengthen us Strengthen us, O Lord, to live by the gospel, to be free, to have that lightness in living, to keep short accounts with you, to come to you often and to ask for your forgiveness, your cleansing, your strengthening. And may we live lives that are conformed to Christ and are conformed to the scriptures, not because we're trying to earn anything, but because we recognise that we want to serve you out of hearts of love and gratitude, receiving your grace day by day. Help us, O Lord, we pray. For we ask it in Jesus' name. 